Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we will discuss with industry experts on how to create wealth and build passive income from apartment buildings, self-storage, mobile home parks, and much more. Here is your host, Jonathan Way. Welcome to the Building Wealth Through Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Way, and I'm the founder of Greystone Capital Group, my investment firm. If you're interested in investing passively with us, please visit greystonecapgroup.com. That's G-R-E-S-T-O-N-E-C-A-P group.com. We'd love to chat with you. Okay, and now on to the show. Hello, Jen, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Great, great. So uh, can you tell us about your background? So I am Bay Area raised. I actually got my undergraduate degree in fine art. I wanted to be a painter. And when I graduated and realized it wasn't quite that simple, I got my first job in multi-level sales. And that's where I learned, well, first of all, sales, but then also how to build a team and how to really work a system. And yeah, there was a certain point where I saw that it wasn't what they had promised. More financial freedom, more time freedom, the higher up you got. No, I was actually working more and Mm -hmm. getting paid less the higher up I got in that particular company. But the good thing is I got exposed to entrepreneurship. I got exposed to systems that companies, successful companies are built on systems. Mm -hmm. And I read the purple book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad while I was working there. So after uh, I burnt out from that multi-level sales company, I met an art dealer and together we started a online art auctioning business and I learned how to flip paintings. Yeah. So using my fine art background, learning how to start a business from scratch and implement systems, buying low, selling high. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Maybe in real estate, right? Yeah. Real estate (laughs) and also stocks too, right? Stocks. And in stocks. I never got into stocks, but um, when this partnership, I jumped into it very quickly. I didn't really know the guy and we did not, we were not a good fit for each other. Um, I ended up taking very expensive real estate seminars on okay. how to flip homes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I got started in real estate. And okay. uh, my first year, I paid $60,000 on high interest credit cards, like 20% APR credit cards. Oh. Yeah. 0% so you- APR the first year. That was the catch. I said, I'm going to make it back in one year. I can do one wholesale deal or one flip and I'm going to make it all back in one year. Oh, so you got caught in the zero APR sort of thing where there's no interest, but Mm -hmm. then after one year, you couldn't pay it back. And you didn't think of transferring to another zero APR to leverage off that zero APR game where you could just continue transferring, balance, balance transferring? My credit was shot. There was no way I could open up a new line of credit at that point. Oh, so you were My credit score dropped from over 750 to about 500. Oh, so I couldn't open up any more lines of credit. Oh, so you were caught and yet pay high, high shock rate interest, like 20% interest rate. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you get out of that financial debacle? (laughs) I called my mom. Oh, okay. Family. (laughs) Mom, I'm broke. I need to move in with you. And fortunately, I have an amazing mom who let me stay at home for a year. And Mm -hmm. that's where I got my job at a turnkey rental provider in a a real estate investment company. And I got to apply a lot of what I'd already learned. They, that company ended up switching their business model into syndicating commercial real estate deals while I was in my first year working there. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So that's like a syndication, basically syndication. Exactly. And what what did you help them do in in, uh, commercial real estate syndication? Yeah. So uh, first I want to talk about the transition because I think this is really important. Um, 
A turnkey rental company, okay, so if deals are making a 10% annual return, let's say a rental property is making 10% annual return and a commercial property is making 10% annual return, it might look the same way to an investor, yes. but why would you do it with 10 $100,000 transactions with the same amount of overhead and 10 times more transactions than one $1 million transaction? Yes, exactly. Right, because every deal has the same um, procedures, uh, closing procedures, um, getting a loan, all of that stuff, right? Right. So yes. regarding my role, when I first started with the company, I joined as an office manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and what I saw very quickly was a lot of the things that I was doing on a repetitive basis, I could outsource because I'd worked with virtual assistants before. Mm -hmm. And so okay. my within my first month on the job, I hired out virtual assistants to take care of a lot of the day-to-day -day things. Oh. And I started moving into marketing. Oh, that's very smart of you because I just recently saw her at VA and you did it early on. So you knew about that. That's very smart. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And what I saw after getting into marketing was the salespeople are the ones who make the big money because yes. they make commission, right? Make and commission. I have sales skills, but I didn't know anything about commercial real estate. So I asked my company, can you teach me how to pitch deals to investors? And my company yeah. said to me, you're too green. You're too new. Oh, you're too new. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. You're too new. We're not going to invest and train you. And so I thought, how can I get creative about this? I'm the only Chinese person in the company. And I decided to do a marketing campaign targeted towards Chinese investors. Okay. And once the leads started coming in, I am the only point of contact who can close those leads. So then I asked my company, hey, you're going to miss out on all these leads unless you train me in sales. So do you want to close mm -hmm. these investors? <laughs> Oh, I see. Very smart. Okay. So you went and to your Chi Chinatown Chinese market in the Bay Area <laughs> and spoke Cantonese or Mandarin to them and, and Mandarin, got, yeah. That, got, yeah, get that, get that connection. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So they had, a, they needed you because they needed the Chinese Asian market, basically the Asian, Asian capital. Mm -hmm. Oh, Chinese people are great because they're sophisticated. They care a lot about personal finances. They love real estate already. They usually have a lot of cash. I mean, great, great, great market. Yes. The, the, that's what we call them Asian tigers, right? Like we had that you know, capital, <laughs> you know? So that's why like a lot of um, my investors are also Chinese as well. Mm -hmm. And we have, we raise a lot of a significant amount of capital with them as well. That's excellent. So now how yeah. did they teach you? What was their program? They, 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 how long it took you to learn this? It was mostly me asking questions, actually. <laughs> just being on the webinars and the live events that our company did every time they launched a new deal and just kind of learning. And at the same time, I was taking the real estate principles course that you need to take to get your real estate license in Chinese. So I would actually learn the technical terms because all I know up until now is how to talk my about my homework and how to talk about food, which is oh, what I okay, learned yeah. growing up at home. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, interesting. Now, did they teach you how to raise capital? Is there any tips and tricks for our audience how to raise capital? I think most of it comes down to relationship building because we had some pretty seasoned brokers in our office, but I ended up performing very well just because I was timely in my responses. I was committed to getting investors answers and people mm -hmm. felt they could trust me as a go-to person. I didn't have to have all the answers, actually. People just had to like me. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. I think I think all is all about the relationship, whereas they like you, they trust you, they have some kind of connection with you. And if you're like, you know, Jen could be there for me, as long as she could be my voice and tell me what's going on with the deal, it's okay. You know, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It could be rocky time, but as long as she tells me what's going on, I think I'll be okay. Right? Is that, is, that, is that fair? Yeah, I would say so. Mm -hmm. Now, was there any deals that went kind of sour or rocky? And how did you tell your investors? So we never had any deals that went badly, but some of them did have delayed timelines. And the way that our investment summaries are written are there is no guarantee ever and be prepared to lose all the money you invest. So 
Um, okay. Regarding delayed timelines, I think the best way to address things is just to be as transparent as possible and to tell the truth what's going on. Because I think that's what investors want. They don't ex expect every deal to be a home run. Yes. Now, was there a situation where, you know, rents weren't being collected or, or occupancy wasn't where you projected to be? Did people ask questions or was anything like that that came to you, Jen? Yes. So people did ask questions. And what we usually did about those is we held a webinar on deals that were not performing, we would communicate more frequently about them. Because normally we have quarterly reports mm -hmm. and yes. for deals that weren't performing, we would have maybe a monthly communication or an opportunity for investors to actually hop on live and ask us questions. Okay, okay. So a, a live webinar, like a Zoom webinar and say, answer any questions you have, here are the challenges, here's what we're trying to mitigate it, and here's what we're trying to do goes to go to, um, uh, to, to resolve this issue. It's Excellent. all about communication, yeah. Okay. Investors just want to know what's going on with their deal. Yes, yes, great. Um, so how long would you student syndication for in that firm? I was with the company for three years. So I would say the last two years we were doing syndicated commercial real estate deals and we did a, a very diverse range of deals actually. So I got to experience multifamily, industrial, retail, uh, land, development, entitlement. Okay. It was pretty diverse, even an office deal, yeah. Okay, well, it's pretty diverse because normally people stick to one niche, like either multifamily yeah. and, and, and get that niche and become like the master in that. They became very yeah. like broad open, like different this and that. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Now, why do, you, why do you think they're very open and broad, not just one, one, one niche, one asset class? Yeah, so the business model was very interesting. Um, this company that I work for would partner with broker dealers that specialize in an asset class. And in general, what we were targeting for investors was a 8% preferred return with maybe a 15% IRR mm -hmm. and an exit somewhere uh, roughly five years. Okay. So that's normal, that's normal whole time. Okay. okay. So that, those are usually the parameters that our investors are looking for. Because remember, this company was a turnkey rental company beforehand. And investors were getting about 10% return on their investment. But with the rental property, you're putting in costs all day long. If the toilet breaks, if the tenant moves out and you can't find someone versus with these commercial deals, you have longer leases and rents are a lot more predictable. And especially if it's triple net, you're not putting in any more money into the deal. Right. As right. The so investor. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's more, there's more resilience, there's more safety net. And um, so just think about it, right? If you're triple net, it's just, so it's all expenses on the tenant. Exactly. And you just, and if it's a really good tenant, like a Chase Bank or one of these very large institutional firms, very large yeah. firms, then you're safe because you don't, they're not going to go bankrupt. Right. Um, so that's a great tenant. And also in multifamily, you do like a hundred units, you know, it's very safe because not everyone's going to leave at the same time. Exactly. Right. right? Whereas one single family house, they leave, you, 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 you're out in the hole. Great, great. That's excellent, Jen. You're very, you're very you're sharp. You're sharp, like uh, very sharp. So, um, now how would you, um, how do you decide what to invest in, and how do you evaluate a syndication or syndicator? <sighs> okay, so the first one is what do I like to invest in? Um, after seeing all of the different kinds of deals, all the different commercial real estate assets, I naturally liked industrial triple net lease real estate the best, and specifically sale leaseback because a sale leaseback is when the tenant who owns the real estate sells the real estate and uses that money to invest more into their business. So usually the deals that I'm in are either a primary location or a headquartered location. Some of them are even master lease, meaning if that location defaults, the parent company will continue to pay the rent. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, these 
tenants sign 20-year leases mm -hmm. with built-in rent bumps, let's say 2% a year, yeah. just super boring mailbox money, triple net leases, sometimes absolute triple net leases, like the money never even goes through you. It just gets paid directly to whatever agency. Okay. Um, and for me, my personal values are simplicity and stability. So these are the kinds of deals I like. Now for some people, eight to 10% a year isn't sexy enough, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just really depends. Like my, my recommendation for people in general on what to invest in is to invest in what they like, because you're going to naturally put in more time and attention into it and to really know what your risk tolerance is. Okay. Okay. Great. Now what's your best experience in commercial real estate? So mm, my best experience in commercial real estate is, so this is actually not a deal. Um, when I was the director of marketing at this real estate firm, we were always going to other events and fairs and expos to promote our business. And we were getting some investors who were, you know, the rental home guys or just the multifamily guys. And I decided to actually create a place that would attract exactly the kind of investor we wanted. So I started the Bay Area Commercial and Multifamily Investment Club. Oh, okay. And yeah, it became one of the fastest growing clubs in Silicon Valley. Um, we were drawing maybe 100 to sometimes 400 people every month. The chief wow. economist of Fannie Mae was one of our guest speakers twice at okay. um, Baycom is what we called it. And uh, for me, because I'm pretty young, I started the club when I was 24 years old. So I personally was lacking in the track record and credibility part of being someone in commercial real estate, right? Yes, yes. And so this was a really great platform for me to build my credibility and align myself with very... Um, established. Yeah, thank you. Established people in the industry and also getting access to deals and being a go-to person for investors. If I educate them about how to read a pro forma, I'm going to get a bunch of questions on how do I read a, a, a financial, how do I read the financials of a deal? Yes. And this is an opportunity for me to educate them about the different kinds of deals we have as an example, right? Right. Now, what made you decide to open this club? Was it just out of your, someone told you or, or how did you think about this idea? So there was a guy named Greg Pinium who was the mentor of my first real estate mentor when I took those very expensive seminars. Oh, oh yes, yes. Yeah. He's not related in any way to those seminars, but um, I, he said something at one of his conferences. He said, if you're able, you're obligated. Meaning if you can make the difference, it is up to you to go make it. Let me say that again. Um, it is up to you to go make that difference. And I saw that through my company, I already had their credibility that I could leverage. Yes. And I'm very good at bringing people together. Okay. And if I had the confidence, I would just match the two. Yeah. And so, oh, great, great. so I asked my company, I said, will you sponsor this event if I bring you leads? They said, of course. And I knew that I wasn't an expert in commercial real estate. So I started making some calls and asking people, hey, you want to be a guest speaker for what's going to become this really awesome venue for you to speak to investors. And then made a meetup event, made a Facebook event, did some online marketing and 150 people showed up to the first meeting. And it's wow. been that way ever since. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You did it yourself without no real, real, without no real mentor. Because normally the route that people take is to get a mentor mm -hmm. and the mentor will teach them a guide and say, this is what you do. You create a meetup to get a thought leadership platform. That's what you're doing. A thought yeah. leadership platform. You ever heard of Joe Fairless? He has a podcast. Uh -huh. New yeah. Bavwa. New Bavwa. Yeah. The Bay, the Bay. Oh, very very famous. The boot, boot camp. What he does, yeah. he creates a meetup. That's his mm -hmm. thought leadership. He talks about data analytics. I'm the, I'm the data scientist. He comes yeah. as a leader. He talks in forums. Those people you invite to, to guest speakers. So Yes, exactly. But, but you're very smart. He did a very young age at, at 20 something. This is very, very fast and very young. That's 24, very, that's pretty, yeah. Very, yeah. 
now you uh so you when did you stop was the last year you stopped this 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 thing um so i think the company that i left which is called wilson investment properties is still running events from time to time under baycom mm-hmm. okay. i've seen them send out maybe like uh it over zoom due to covid Okay. Okay. And when did you leave this firm? When did you conclude this firm? So I think I technically quit in July of 2019. And I, I started apprenticing for a beekeeper after that. (laughs) It's interesting, actually, the beekeeper I apprenticed for. So a little background for our listeners. I now live in Bulgaria and I have a honey company because on my wedding day last year, my husband and I received the deed to the family farm in Bulgaria. He's Bulgarian. And we decided that we were going to quit our jobs and continue the family legacy, making the world's best honey and sharing Bulgarian honey with the world. So uh, very interesting about networks is one of the women that I met through commercial real estate, she was a financial advisor. And I learned that she had 70 beehives just on the side. Oh, he's on the side. Yeah. And her, um, her partner is a mortgage broker, so they both have pretty intense financial careers, and they have all yes. these beats on the side, and, and they knew me, and they trusted me from working professionally together, and I said, look, I want to help you. I want to learn beekeeping, because that's my next step in life, and they, they taught me everything before I moved. Oh, okay, great. So they taught you, <laughs> but you would think your, your family in Bulgaria would, I guess, teach you as well, because- But they don't speak that. English. Oh, so that's that's the dilemma. There's a cultural gap in in. in it would be language. much easier for me to learn it in English before I moved to Bulgaria. Was my thought. Oh, so they couldn't speak English. So that's that's the that's the cultural difference. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Um. So, what's the best advice you give someone? <sighs> so you are your greatest contribution to others when you're happy and you're successful. So my advice would be take the time to really know yourself authentically. There are so many podcasts and seminars and workshops that tell you how to, and they have steps and tips and all this stuff, but it's much deeper than that. Like, um, I'll give you an example. If I'm not attracting deals or the right people, an action plan and how-tos is not going to help me solve this issue. I need to know why at the core I'm not attracting deals or the right people. Um, the other thing is do what you love. And, and again, this is coming from right now, um, I am still investing in real estate, but one of the biggest investments that I'm most proud of in making this year is in my own happiness and moving to Bulgaria and having... <clears throat> And having a business that I'm passionate about with my family is one of the most fulfilling things ever. So really, really, really do what you love. Do not do something because you're good at it, because you should, because other people think you should, because you're good at it, which is a a big pitfall for a lot of us Asians who grew up in very, um, a certain type of household, right? Mm -hmm. And to really surround yourself with people who you love, whose values you align with, and who you love the experience of working with. And also in terms of investments, I said this before, but really invest in what you like and you will naturally put more time and attention into it and be more successful and have more sustainable energy doing that in the long run. Okay, great. Wonderful, wonderful uh, advice. Very, um, very good advice. I do agree with that. I think that's, that's a very, um, that's a good way for our listeners to kind of help them in, 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 uh, in their life. What's the best way they can connect with you, Jen? Best way to connect with me would be through, you can give them my email. It's jen at katsevinvest.com. That's J-E-N at K-A-T-S-E-V invest.com. Okay, great. Wonderful. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. 
For more information, you can find us online at www.graystonecapgroup.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. See you again next time.